I want to talk about our opponent. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced, and on paper, they're just better, and they know it too. But I want to tell you something that they don't know. They don't know your heart. Patchwork Heart Ministry presents Young Catholics Respond, a challenge for young people to stand up for the Catholic faith and confound the world with radical hope. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Young Catholics Respond. I am Bill Snyder. It is great to be with you. And, uh, you know, for those of us who haven't uh, had a podcast in a really long time, I think it's been over uh, a year and a half of doing Young Catholics Respond. I'm, I'm very excited to be once again back on the air with you. And uh, those of you following this podcast, uh, this is brand new. It is 2023. I, uh, we do hope to have some more for you. Um, I want to mention briefly at the outset of this that we've been working on a documentary on the Shroud of Turin, so that is kind of sucked into our free time of being able to do these wonderful interviews. But um, I am excited today because I have Amanda Lauer with me, and she is an author. She loves writing books, particularly young adult historic fiction. And uh, check previous episodes of Young Catholics Respond, because Amanda and I talked about that on another episode of Young Catholics Respond, uh, that portray the church in a positive light and depict God's children endeavoring to become the best version of themselves every day. She is a journalist and proofreader by trade. Amanda embarked on her novelist career with award-winning and best-selling Heaven Intended Civil War series. Uh, a World Such as Heaven Intended earned the 2016 YA CALA Award. Amanda uh, currently has several books in the process of being published. In addition to writing novels, Amanda works in the film industry writing and copy editing screenplays. She was awarded the Best Writer of 2020 in the Red Letter Awards for her work as a co-writer for on the movie The Islands. To learn more about Amanda, who has blessed the world uh, in living... Uh, in Living the Way Heaven Intended, you can visit her website very simply, amandalauer.com. Amanda, welcome to the program, and I'm excited to talk to you today about this uh, this new book that you have uh, authored with 10 um, you know, other Catholic teen authors. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you about this today. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, the book Ashes, Visible and Invisible. It's actually me and nine other authors, so 10 of us all together. We're all part of Catholic Teen Books. And it's a, this particular book and this installment, this is the fourth one that the Catholic Teen authors have done together. But this one comes out tomorrow, yeah. so January 31st, 2023. And we are super excited. We've been working on this project for, I would say, around a year. So it's so beautiful to, beautiful to finally see the light of day with this. Yeah. Right. And, you know, for those of us in, you know, publishing and, and authoring and different books, you know, we, we realize how long it truly does take to go from, you know, conception to final publication. Right. Oh, so true. And, and uh, this, um, this, you know, period of, uh, you know, Lent, obviously getting ready for Lent, this is a great time to publish the book, right? Uh, tomorrow it comes out. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell us a little about the concept of it. It's it's neat that there's uh, 10 stories for teens. And, and uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so 10 of us each wrote a story about 30 pages long. 
And the interesting thing about the authors that are doing this collaboration is that we all write in different genres. Um, some people write historical, like myself. I love historic fiction. Some people write dystopian. People write modern day stories. I mean, pretty much everything under the sun. But the the authors are all very talented. And between all of us, I couldn't even tell you how many books we have published. And some of us write for teens, but also some write for children and some write for adults too. So it's not that we only do this. But this project is kind of near and dear to my heart. This is the second time I've been involved in a collaboration with Catholic Teen Books. Uh, we had one that came out in 2021 called Treasures, <clears throat> Visible and Invisible. It was about basically a shamrock-shaped stone that St. Patrick had, and it, it traveled through the ages. But what the theme we came up with last year that we thought would be really good to explore is Lent. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of books out, in that genre. And also there's not a lot for teens in that genre. So in our books, all 10 of these stories, they all center on our teens are the protagonists and the antagonists in some case. Um, so it was really interesting. And it was so fun when I actually got to read the entire book from cover to cover about two weeks ago, because I had no idea what to expect. And it jumps around, you know, it'll go from modern to historic to dystopian to science fiction. They jump from thing to thing, but every story was so well written. Mm -hmm. It's just such an honor to be a part of this group because it's so many talented people. It's men, women, you know, everything. And um, we just all have a love for sharing, I guess, basically the love of God with teens and writing books that are relevant to them, that they'll enjoy. You know, it's, you know, it's so awesome. And, you know, I want to mention that, you know, some of the authors are very familiar to our audience other than yourself. You know, you've been on here before, but Leslie Wall has been on uh, Sewing Hope with Anne DeSantis and myself, and so has uh, Tony Kulink. And so there are, you know, some other wonderful authors in this um, lineup. And, you know, what I find really interesting is you're talking about that, that, that this is stories, that this is, you know, uh, that, you know, fictional stories that, um, you know, center around the theme of Lent because I've never, you know, encountered anything like this. I think, I think I need to read this book. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's very, very interesting um, that you've done that. I'd love to hear too about the title visible and invisible. Obviously that's, you know, a play on our, on our faith, you know, um, you know, but, uh, but tell us a little bit about, you know, how the title came to be uh, and, you know, even just give us a little preview of some of the, how, how, how the stories represent that okay well the title visible and invisible that actually happened before i came on board before i started writing for teens so it's been around for years like i was saying this is the fourth installment in the visible and invisible series so they had gifts visible and invisible secrets visible and invisible treasures invisible and invisible <laughs> Can you say it? Yeah. And ashes, which is the latest. Mm. So I'm not really sure. There, there must have been a steering committee, whatever that came up with this years ago. Um, but we've continued to follow this theme, and I'm not exactly sure. You know, the invisible, invisible. Why I can't even say that today? I don't know why. But <laughs> I'm not exactly sure how how that's played in the start of this whole thing. So I really can't speak on that. But I don't know. I just. I'm just, again, so impressed with what everybody's put together. And it is really interesting because I have like the titles of all the stories here. And 
in what eras. And you had mentioned Leslie Wall. She's the one who starts off the whole book with her story called Finishing the Journey. So that's a contemporary story. And it's interesting because it has characters that are in her other books. So any any fans of her other books will really enjoy this. And as a matter of fact, just today, I finished reading her newest book that's going to be published with the same character that's in this story. So mm. people like it. Um, after that, the second book in this, this is called Follow Me. This is historical by Cynthia Tony. And then we have Take Up Your Cross, which is science fiction by Marie Kaiser. The interesting thing about the science fiction genre is that is something I never read. It just isn't something I thought I was into, but man, she did such a great job on this story about how in the future, um, like it sometimes is now, the Catholic faith wasn't allowed to be practiced and how these people got around it, risked their lives to share the message of Christ. It's it's really a, a neat story. The next one is by a contemporary story by Carolyn Asphalt called A Big Ask. And this also takes some of her characters from another book. So if you're a fan of Carolyn's, you'll want to read this. And after that is my story, which is called Lent, Royal and Ancient. This is historical fiction. And... Basically, this is from a, a book of mine that is coming out later this year. It's being published. I actually just saw the mock-up of the cover the other day, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for this book to come out. But I think once someone reads the short story in this book, they'll definitely want to read the long book, the full book, or vice versa. If you read the novel first, you'll want to read the short story. But mine is set in the year 1691 mm. in Scotland. So basically, an American girl is in modern day is working at a golf course, gets struck by lightning, and she wakes up on a golf course, which she thinks is the same one she's at because it looks almost identical, but she comes to discover that it's the year 1691 and she's in Scotland. <laughs> Just months before the Glencoe Massacre occurs, and it's a time when the Catholic faith, again, it's forbidden to be practiced in Scotland in the 1600s, and what these people do to practice their faith, to sneak priests basically into Scotland to help, you know, to do the sacraments and just everything they underwent and the persecution. And again, it, it mm. leads up to a massacre where a devout Catholic family is basically massacred, but, and not to say that the, the, the story is like all sad and everything, because it obviously there's parts that aren't, aren't amazing in that time frame. But there's, you know, there's funny star, funny parts and there's some a little love story and something. So you have this modern day girl who's totally a fish out of water in the 1600s in Scotland. So I think people will enjoy that story. I've gotten some really good feedback on it. And then after my story, there's a book called No Greater Love by Ellen Gable. And she actually is, is my editor, the editor I've worked with since my first book came out in 2014. She and her husband own Full Quiver Publishing. So she's a very talented writer. And that's a modern day contemporary story. After this, <laughs> this story, you'll know what era this is, a very Jurassic Lent. So obviously that's dystopian because Jurassic means modern day, you know, dinosaurs come back to the earth. And that one's by Karina Turner. And then we have Lucy and the Forsaken Path. And that's by Tony Colink, who you had mentioned before. And this is set back in the castle days. Not really sure exactly what year it is, but it's the forsaken path turns out to be a path that the lepers travel mm. back in that era. And it was 
you know, forsaken. They weren't allowed to be on that path, but by chance, this young girl ends up on that path and has a very interesting encounter with a community of people who have leprosy. It's really, really interesting. And I love all his books anyhow, so really enjoyed that. And then there's a contemporary book called Bread Alone by T.M. Gawet, which I love this story because uh, it involves a young boy who's just going through a lot in his life and um, someone comes to his rescue. And it's just, it's such a neat story. I love it. And then the last um, story in the book is called Prepare the Way, and it's historical by Teresa Linden. She's just an amazing, not only an amazing author, but a copy editor, proofreader. She's just a very, very talented person, and her stories are always so good. So it's it's just a really, it's a great book. Yeah. You know, it, you, you'll probably, everybody will probably like all 10 of the stories. I'm sure people have their favorites, depending what era they like, but I had a hard time picking my favorite. And the funny thing is the things that I wouldn't think would have been my favorites, like contemporary. Mm. I loved those stories were great. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's, it's incredible to listen to you talk. I mean, I, I, I've been writing down notes here and just looking at everything that you've, uh, you know, have on, have on the, um, the, the blog you sent me about this. And there's just some amazing, you know, questions, questions that you leave readers with. I mean, it's some amazing time periods that mm. you take, uh, people to and through, and you know it's so creative. I think for for me and for you know our listeners, young on, on young Catholics respond. I always like to say I try to do two things with this program. Number one is a declarative statement, right? Like this is you know young Catholics respond. This is how we respond to the culture. But then it's also a challenge for young people to respond to the culture. So it's declarative and imperative, right? And mm-hmm. when you when when you look at that, I just I just hope that young people reach out and you know get this book for themselves, especially you know to help them enter into the Lenten season. There is nothing like this. And listening to you talk, there is nothing like this Amanda, out there. And mm-hmm. you know having well, it's stories, it's stories. Mm-hmm. It's not a devotional. Yeah. This is not a devotional. You know that's no no that, nothing like that. As a matter of fact, though, at the end of each story, I, I believe they have a few discussion type questions that people can think about, you sure. know, the stories. And the interesting thing to me is the world, as much as it's changed, a lot of it has stayed the same. People, relationships, mm-hmm. um, faith, those kind of things. So even a modern day teen or a young reader can get so much out of these stories, whether they're from hundreds years ago, or some of these are actually set back in the time of Christ. So, I mean, they really go way back in time, mm-hmm. but the lessons they learn are just universal. And these young people have dilemmas they're faced with. They have to figure out and they have to rely on their faith and, and their trust in each other and their hope for the future. And it, it's just messages that in this day and age are so relevant still and even if you go into the dystopian stories, we're still probably always going to be dealing with these dilemmas in life. And I, I think it's a really neat thing that it's also focused on Lent because this is the time of year when people think about things and you do deeper thinking about your faith and you want to, to you know, use your time, your treasure, your talent, what have you. I know a lot of pe- not just teens, but everybody, when they think of Lent, they think of giving things up. But what you'll see when you read these stories is that's not always an option. Mm. My story in particular, this poor girl, 17 years old in the United States, she feels like she's given up everything to go back in time 300 years. She's given up 
you know, modern day conveniences, her family, her friends, the life she knew. So there's not a whole lot more she can give up, but there's, there are things that she can do. Yeah. Like I said, she can, she has her time. She doesn't have a lot of treasure as far as money and she has her talent, even though she's not like a doctor or psychiatrist, she can use those gifts to help somewhat to help these people back then. And time was particularly what she felt she was able to do at Lent. And uh, that's kind of a theme that rolls through the rest of these stories too, is kids are giving deeper thought to Lent and what they can do to make it more meaningful, whether it's in the year 1200 or the year, you know, 2,500. Right. And, you know, that's beautiful too, that, you know, you, you, you know, you, you explore that because I think so many teens are actually looking for that, right? They're, they're, they're looking for an opportunity to give back and they, you're right. They don't maybe have the resources financially or the resources, mm -hmm. um, you know, from, from a, from a wisdom, although so many, many kids have wisdom beyond their age, but, you know, from the life experience perspective, um, you know, they may not have all of those things, but what they do have, they can give. And so challenging them to, to do that. I mean, there's just some wonderful questions on your blog, but I, I just want to read a few of them so that readers, I mean, you did a great job explaining it, but there's just some really awesome questions and little points here on, on, on your blog. I just want to read them read them to the uh, listeners because it says like when a risky Ash Wednesday mission to sterilize T-Rex eggs goes wrong, fasting is the least of Joshua, Daryl and Harry's worries. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, right. You know, beautiful stuff like Justin's religion is outlawed when an unbeliever asks him about the meaning of life. What can he say? You know, mm -hmm. this is exactly what you're talking about. Right. Like it's it's it's, you know, what what can I give? What can I do? Um, you know, but, but also making this fun and enjoyable for, mm -hmm. for young people to engage with their faith. I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, we've lost the art of telling stories in some, in some way, uh, with, with, with how much technology we have and how instant every answer is, you know, you can speak to your, um, you know, smart device in your house and get what the weather is, you know, and, yeah, but we've missed the art of telling stories and you guys bring that back and you bring it back in a way that's also, you know, all, all these are 30 page stories, right? Every one of the yeah. 30 page about, stories, yep. about, uh, roughly. Right. So yeah. they're not long, you know, I mean, they're not like, okay, you're going to be, you, you can read this in one sitting, right. It, oh yeah. An hour to read, <laughs> you know, one story. Yeah. Um, and gosh, if you did that, you know, through the six weeks of Lent, and just said, Hey, I'm going to read this book. I bet you, I bet you these teens would walk away saying, man, I I had a great Lent. I, yeah. I, I laughed, I cried, but mm -hmm. I was also challenged. Yeah. And I, that's yeah, I agree. I mean, the stories are entertaining. That's kind of an interesting, because I think sometimes when people, they have this misconception that Catholic fiction is dry or humorless or something. I mean, I was like laughing aloud in some of these, these situations these people get themselves <laughs> into and how they react. And I, yeah, they are fun to read. I, I never thought I was, you know, going to be a fan of, of teen books, but I recommend them to people all the time because the stories, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can be, you know, eighth grade, you can be 80 and they're so entertaining and they're stories that make you think and ponder life. And that's always a good thing, no matter what age you are. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, it's really, you know, how Jesus ended up teaching the faith too, right? Like, I mean, oh, yeah. the number of parables that he used to teach people 
about about the way they should be living. So, you know, the the art of storytelling is so important and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously the book comes out tomorrow, uh, the mm -hmm. 31st. Uh, it's it's pertinent for Lent. It's pertinent for right now. I mean, you can start yeah. reading these stories right now, even before Lent begins. Prepare your heart for Lent. Um, but uh, tell us, you know, a little bit more about how people can get it, what, you know, um, you know, where, where people are able to encounter this, get it, obviously, uh, Catholic teen books, um, dot com would probably be a great place, but tell us a little yep. bit more. Yeah, of course it'll be on Amazon as well. Mm -hmm. And you can pre-order it today on Amazon and the order will go out, you know, they'll ship, start shipping tomorrow, I guess, but tomorrow's the actual day it comes out. And yeah, the Catholic teen book, um, uh, Catholic teen books dot com. You can see everything on there from all of us. If you really want to see, and they'll have our websites on there too. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you're like, man, I read that person's story. I loved it. I got to see what else she writes. That's yeah. the place to go to get everything. So, you know, because we all have websites, we all feature our various different stories on Catholic teen books. They only of course feature our stories that are for teens. But like I said, some people are writing for children for school age. Some are, some are writing picture books, you know, some are writing regular adult, adult fiction, but we all follow, you know, the rules I don't know if it's be the rules, but you know, the, the teachings of the Catholic church, that's mm -hmm. the one thing. All of our books have to be vetted and approved. Nothing gets on that website without the approval of a panel that goes through. And, and, and if they have issues, they will come back to you as an author and ask you to fix them before that they'll, they'll approve the books. You know, if you're in the process of getting it um, printed or what have you. Um, so yeah, they're, they're out there. And I think some of them might, I'm not sure if they'll be on Barnes and Noble or not. I know a lot of my books are there, but uh, for sure, Amazon and the Catholic Teen Books. So Beautiful. Yeah, I encourage, you know, and if you're a parent or grandparent, this is a great, great gift to, you know, send that little note to uh, your, you know, your high schooler and say, hey, read this. You know, this is a good, this is a good thing. Uh, so, you know, grab it on Amazon, grab it on Catholic Teen Books, um, you know, and, and certainly learn more about all the all the authors i think it's so cool that you all come together um you know in a in a book like this you know yeah um, i and i you know do you want to give maybe a little bit of a window do you, do you guys interact at all do you guys talk together at all like as you're going through well, the process or do you kind of do it and it is funny because we some of us have never met in person and some of us have met in person and we're very close friends yeah. So it's a mix of people. Uh, not all the authors live in the United States either. I should mention one's over in Britain and we live all over the United States, the rest of us. And so the interaction mostly is done by emails. I can't even tell you how many hundreds of emails have gone back and forth the last 12 months <laughs> because every single thing turns into a discussion. And then of course, with your friends, then you have the discussions on the phone. You know, what, what is the theme you're looking at? What are, how, what direction are you going and then when we start writing the stories, we bounce them off other other writers in the group and just say, this is where I'm going. What do you think? What's your feedback? Am I on the right track? So we have a lot of interaction. I mean, a lot of us, like I said, we're, we've developed great friendships through the years. And we're all members of the Catholic Writers Guild, I believe, as well. And we actually have an opportunity once a year for a, a conference, a live conference, this year, it's going to be held in Chicago the last uh, last week of May going into June. So it's like May 30th, 31st, and June 1st. It is one of the most amazing events. I would hate it if I ever had to miss one. There's so much fun. Mm -hmm. And we interact with each other. We get to meet each other in person. 
We have all these breakout sessions where you can learn the intricacies of writing. You can learn about publishing, about legal issues with writing, about, you know, some people are interested in getting their books made into movies or what have you. There's all these breakout sessions and all these people, we're all trying to help each other. If someone knows about a great contest, you can put, it, put your book in or something, they'll let you know. And we're really, you know, we always say the rising tide raises all the ships, right? Yep. And so we're all trying to help each other because we really feel that the world wants what we have right now. We just have to figure out the method to get this to the most people in the world that we can. And that's why I just really have to thank you for allowing me to talk to you about this book today, because it's people like you who are helping to get the word out way quicker into a broader reach than we can on our own. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, anything we can do to help, uh, you know, spread the word, get uh, teens encountering Christ in whatever way that they can, you know, whether that and, you know, everybody's heart um, learns the gospel a different way. You know, some people read it through reading. Some people listen to listen to Christ through speaking. Uh, you know, everybody has their own way. But you know what? Let me tell you something. If you are a creative person, if you are looking to, uh, you know, encounter Christ through stories, uh, which is, you know, his primary method of teaching the faith, um, yeah. then I encourage you to pick up this book, folks. Uh, it is... Uh, Ashes, Visible and Invisible. It's brought to you by CatholicTeenBooks.com. Head over to their website. Uh, get it. It comes out tomorrow, uh, the 31st of January, 2023. It's 10 Lenten stories for teens. Uh, and Amanda Lauer, my guest today, is one of the 10 authors. So Amanda, thank you so much for um, taking the time today to talk with me about this and be on the air. I'm looking forward to uh, reading this myself because I think it's going to be a great book, even though I'm not even though I'm not a teen. Uh, I think it would be a great book. So thanks so much and uh, look forward to having you back because I know that you've got so many more books in the works. I do. I do. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. And, and God bless you and all your work. I hope everything is fruitful for you and, and you continue to reach countless people worldwide as well. Thanks so much. Well, folks, until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Art Ministry, may God bless you, your families, and keep beating to your Catholic hearts. Young Catholics Respond is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about this and all our media programs, visit patchworkheartradio.org. To learn how you can support our ministry or become a sponsor, visit patchworkheart.org.